Today's daf is daf Chaf Ches. Uh, we pick up from the bottom of daf Chaf Zayin Amud Beis, and we were discussing the ma, the uh, question of Rav Zera, where Rav Zera was bothered why a czar, a non kayan who who uh, sets up the wood on top of the mizbeach, why is he going to be chayiv misa bidei shamayim if it's a nighttime avoda and the nighttime avoda in the base of mikdash is naturally assumed, it's naturally assumed to. Um, to be uh, a, a support avayda, okay? And therefore, why would it cause misadation by him? So we're going to have an ikad amri concerning Rev Zera's question. Says the Gemara like this, all right? We pick up two lines from the bottom of Chav Zayim Mabez. amri, there are those who say, Maskavla Rev Zera, Zera, that's a challenging question. Is there such thing as an avayda, avayda? that has another Avaidah after it, Bupsula Bizar, meaning his question is not concerning a nighttime Avaidah being Chayav Mishmideh His question is, do you ever find an Avaidah that is not the completion of an Avaidah, there's still an Avaidah to come after it, and there's Mishmideh Shemayim. Okay, so Reb Zera is, is nemming on, he's taking on, he's agreeing to the fact that in the Ikid Amri that a Zar may be Chayav Mishmideh Shemayim, even if... Uh, even f- if the arrangement on the Mizbeach is considered a nighttime Avaida. However, he's bothered if it's not the completion of an Avaida, why are Chayav Misa Videh Shamayim? Says the Gemara, what's, what's bothering of Zerah? You have, have the burning of the fats and limbs that is considered the end of the Avaida. I'm sorry, that, yeah, it's, we consider it the end of the Avaida. We consider it an Avaida that stands on its own even though there's an Avaita that comes after it, which is, once it's burnt, we know that we separate the ashes. Okay, the ashes still need to be taken down. Says the Gemara, no. Same answer we gave yesterday. Saif Avaita Diyamamahu. The Hetra Chalam Eivarim is not considered a nighttime Avaita. It's considered the end of the previous day's Avaita. Okay, and therefore it is considered the end of the service. What about the Truma Sadashan? which is followed by the, after you take down the initial amount, that, which we learned was a kmitza, you still need to separate the rest of the ashes. So we see it's an issue, even though it's not a conclusion, even though it's not the end of an avayda. The Torah says, Tchilas it still has chashivas, because it's the beginning of a brand new day. The first avayda to take place in a day has chashivas. says, Once a kayan washes his hands to perform the trumas hadeshen, even if it happens right before daybreak, even if the washing happens before daybreak, you do not need to wash your hands again for the rest of the Avaida. Because despite the fact that Shumas and washing took place prior to Alosa Shachar, prior to dawn or prior to daybreak, still, since you did it in preparation for this Avaida, you do not need to rewash your hands. Okay, says the Gemara Elakasha. Okay, so Rav Zera has a question. His question is that. Um, uh, we, we paskined that a person, a czar, a non-Kohen, who sets up the wood on top of the Mizbeach is going to be Chayav Misa B'day Shemayim. Why are you Chayav Misa B'day Shemayim? If it's not the end of an Avaida. The Gemara says, you're right. We're going to follow Reb Zira's question. Reb Zira has a legitimate question on Reb Yechanan, and therefore we need to change around Reb Yechanan's words in order to wiggle out. Okay? And this, as we say, as we've said a number of times, is... Is uh, how my father's according to the explained the difference between a uh, pshat and a teretz. All right, what's the difference between a pshat and a teretz? So the word pshat comes from pshute kli eitz, where so everything is completely stripped away, 
and you're left with the raw, the core, something that's pshute creates a, a, a branch in its simplest form is not makabal tumah. A teretz is an, it's like, it's an answer. It's an answer. We kind of like excuse our way out of it. So Gemara says, We're going to give a teretz over here. We'll, we'll, we'll wiggle out. We're going to say as follows. If you have a non-kayan who sets up the, who puts out the two blocks of wood once the fire is burning, since that itself is the completion of the avayda. Okay, so the issue now is not going to be the arrangement. The issue is going to be the two pieces of wood. Rub has a challenging question. But now that we said that the Misa B'day Shemaim is for the two pieces of wood, Tibay Pius, why don't we include it in the lottery? It's an important Avaidah. Why do we? Sigmar says it is. It's not part of the Avaidah, but Tani, we go to the Braisa. Mishach Bachumasadashin, Yiska Basidur Shnei Gizrei Eitzim. So it is. What's your question? Sigmar says, oh, so, so here's what we mean. Right? Obviously, we didn't forget a straight up Mishnah. Achi Yitmar, if I send the love of Neatma, that the, the question is, it should have. Its own lottery. It shouldn't just be something that, that gets thrown in along with the Truma Sedashin. If the putting out of the two pieces of wood has such chashivas, has such importance that, um, that it's considered you know, a concluding service, so why do we just throw it in with the Truma Sedashin? Why, th- why, why, why is it something that's added to the tab? It's like the kid brother, right? It should, be, it should stand on its own. So the Gemara says, Kid Amrinan. Uh, the, for the reason that we said, what we, what we explained a few daf ago, that, that um, we, we needed to add to the Truma Sadeshen in order to give Hashivas to, uh, to the original lottery. Here's where, here's where the paradigm shift is coming. You ready? Because, this is what we have to name on, because the placing of the two pieces of wood is so chashuv, that's what's going to inspire the Kaihanim to come and wake up in the morning. And therefore, by adding it to the tab, it's not being the baby brother. It's not being the kid brother that's coming along for the ride. Rather, this is actually what's enticing, because it's so chashu, this is actually what's enticing the kahanim to come to that first lottery. In fact, the Gemara, the Gemara asked, the Memra, do you mean to say, the avoid the tamo, the putting out of the pieces of wood, and any... Concluding avayda vizar chayavala misa and azar and there's going to be misa deshamayim by pious that's where you need a lottery. However, einzar chayavala misa loy by pious varish chita why they auction off the slaughtering. We know an ankayin is allowed to do slaughtering, and if he does it, there's no ramifications at all because it was totally permitted. And if ask the gemara if we're only including in a lottery things. That would uh, that Azar would be high of Misa for, and it's a concluding service. Why are we raffling off Shechita? Shechita is not a concluding service; it's the beginning of a service. And secondly, a non-Kayan is allowed to do it, and it's still being auctioned off. Gemara says, "I'll tell you why." Shiny Shechita, the Tchilas of Adimam. The reason why that gets auctioned off is because it's the, the, you're 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 the lead-off batter. Okay, like we said previously, you're the lead-off batter. It's a chash of a It's a chash of a thing to get the game going. All right, and therefore, despite the fact that it's not a concluding service, and despite the fact that Azar is not high of Misa De Shemaim, it's still chashuv enough to make a lottery for it. Says the Gemara, the Meimra, the Avodah Tama by Pais. Okay, but we're sticking to our guns that you only need a lottery for Avodah Tama, besides for the exception of of Shechita. Okay, do you mean to say the Avodah Tama by Pais? You need a lottery for 
a a a avoda that completes avoda sheishachri avoda loy bayvai has been avoda that does not complete a service. You don't need a lottery for but the burning of the fats and limbs, which you know needs the moving of the, the, to take out the ashes afterwards, still it's included in the pious in the lotteries. The Gemara says soif avoda diamamu. Also, it has chashivas even though it's not the end of the service because. It's like the last thing of the day. All right, we'll call it, we're going to keep with our baseball module. You have the opening, you have the starting pitcher, and you have the closer. So it's like closing out the day. It's a chosh of a thing to be the last guy on the mound. All right, and therefore, the burning of the fats and limbs, that's like, that wraps up the abayda. And despite the fact that it's not a concluding service, we still need a, we're still going to do a pious because it's chosh. What about the chuma sadashan? which does not come at the end of the day, and it's not a concluding service. Still, we make a pious. The Gemara says, The reason why we do it is only because of the Maise Shehoyah, right? The story, the unfortunate story that we shared of the Kahanim running up the ramp and the fights that were taking place to get going with the Juma Sadesh. And so despite the fact that it's, that, uh, that it's not a concluding service, we still include in the pious this because they saw, not because you need a pious per se, lahalacha. But because they saw that it was leading to danger, it's worthwhile to, lead, to, to make pious. This way nobody gets pushed off the ramp as they run up to do the avodah. Period. End of that back and forth. Let's wrap up the parak over here. <coughs> to, to wrap up this topic, Omar Marzotra. Marzotra says, Ravashi. Some say it wasn't Marzotra. Some say it was Ravashi. Afna We learned in our Mishnah, Omar Hamamamuna the the appointed person, the assistant, Kain uh, Gadol, according to Rashi, at least, um, would say to them, and this actually is going to be the beginning, uh, we're going to uh, get into this, uh, not this particular statement, but the beginning of the next parak is going to continue on with things that the Mamuna said to the Kahanim and instructed them to, to do. So, go out and see, it's time for the Shechita, like a ton. It doesn't say this man for Shnei Gizrei Eitzim. That it's time to put out the two blocks of wood. So you see from the Mishnah that it's not important for the two blocks of wood to be put out during the day. It could be put out at night. And therefore, you see the blocks of wood are like Rabbi Echanan. The one says, no, not necessarily. Something that does not have a takana, we learned, meaning we gave this answer yesterday as well. When it comes to the Shechita, that's when the Mamuna sent out the Kahanim to make sure it was daybreak. Because we didn't want to shech the Karban. We, didn't, we refused to shech the Karban Atamid uh, before daybreak. Because if we did, then you're going to have to reshech everything. Okay? And the whole thing's going to be not valid. To go ahead and say, oh, make sure it's time for the two pieces of wood is not necessary. Because you can always, uh, you can always uh, take it apart. And therefore the, therefore, the Mamuna didn't need to mention those specifically. Hence, what are we trying to accomplish here? There's no proof as to whether the two pieces of wood, the Shnei Gizrei Eitzim being added, is a daytime avayda or a nighttime avayda. Hadran alach barishayna, hadran alach barishayna, hadran alach barishayna, mazel tov to all of us who were zeicha to finish the second parak of Mesechta Yuma. Okay, now our Mishnah is actually a repetition of the last Mishnah that we just quoted in, in the last few lines, all right, we quoted this mission. The first mission of the third parak is was the last question of the second parak. So we're now going to be 
familiar with this, and we're going back to the Avaida of Yom Kippur and what exactly happened for the Kayin Gadol. So here we go. Beautiful, beautiful uh, beginning of the Perak. Okay? Fascinating stuff. Here we go. What happened first thing in the morning on Yom Kippur? Omar Lama Mamuna, the assistant Kayin Gadol, said to all of the Kayhanim, Go out and see, go leave, leave the, the, the walls of the base of Mikdash and go out and see whether it is light enough outside to light the Tamid Shal Shachar. If it was light enough outside, Haroa Omar Barkai, the one who sees it, would say, Barkai, it is dawn outside. The word Barkai, the word Barak, means to shine forth. The sun is shining. Okay? Masya ben Shmuelimer, Masya ben Shmuel would say, "Heir pneya mizrach," that the whole eastern side has been lit up. Okay, it's not enough to say that it's not even the whole eastern side of the sky to be lit, to be lit up. The feet, according to Masya ben Shmuel, ad shebechevrain, and then they would ask the kahanim that saw the light outside, "Is it light as far as Chevron behema Omer hein?" And the, one, the ones who saw the light would say, yes. Why, um, why did they need to send people out to go look for, uh, to see if the sun is out? The Beis HaMikdash wasn't like in a basement where there was no light. You could see in the Beis HaMikdash with, with sunlight. Okay, there was plenty of sunlight that came in. Why did they have to send people out because one time, fascinating, the light of the moon came up near morning time, and they thought the day had started, the eastern, right, the sunrise in the east, they thought the eastern side of the sky had been lit up, and they shakh the carbon on tamin, but ultimately it wasn't yet morning, and they had to take it out to the base hasrefa, okay? So after this, they had to make sure that, and actually go out and make sure that the light that was coming was sunlight and not moonlight, which is merely reflect, a reflection of the sun. Okay. Now, once it was time for the carbon Hatamid, because we said the eastern side of the sky is lit up, they said until Hebron, yes. So what would they then do? They would take the Kohen Gadol down to, do, to the mikvah. And Zehaklab Mikdash, you should know that there was a rule in the Beis HaMikdash. Kol HaMesech Es Raglov. Anybody who's Mesech Es Raglov. Okay? Meaning, a person who has, um, who has to defecate. Alright? So, Toten Tvila. That person, after they use the bathroom, after they use the lavatory, you always did a tevila. You always went to the mikvah. And the purpose was that to make sure that the body was clean. It wasn't that we were concerned you became tummy. And anybody who had to pass water, anybody who took water, that's the literal translation, but over here it means obviously to urinate. He didn't need to go to the mikvah but they washed their hands and feet from the kiyor. Okay? So that is the Mishnah, a quick overview 
of what we just learned. We said that the, at the beginning of the parrax, we said the appointed Kayan, when it was close to daybreak, would send Nakaihanim to see, to make sure that it was light enough. And once it was light enough, uh, and we explained why they had to go out, they couldn't just stay in the base Hamikdash. And then we said the rule of, uh, of uh, once the sunlight was there, they took the Kainel to a mikvah, and every time the uh, Kayan defecated, he went, he, he immersed himself. And if they urinated, they did Kiddush, Yadayim, Viragla. Period. End of that Mishnah. Let's now move on to the Gemara. Fascinating Gemara, going to take us on a number of different tangents with some beautiful messages for us as Yidin. So here we go. Tani, we learned in the Bible, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel says, Barak Barkoi, that they would go out and say, the shine is shining. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, Ola Barkoi, the shine has come up. Nachuma ben Apakshian says, Af Barkoi Bechevrin. It is even shining in Chevron. Masya ben Shmuel Aimer, Shmuel Hamamona al Hafaisis Aimer, Masya ben Shmuel, who was appointed over the lottery, he would say, That the entire sky is lit up until Chevron. Rabbi Yehuda ben Besera Aimer, Rabbi Yehuda. Ben Besera says, And all the people have gone out to work. And the Gemara is going to get into, as you move along, what each statement is adding on, right? Because we had, Rabbi Shmuel says, you would say the, the shine is shining. Rabbi Kiva says, the shine has come up. Nachuma says, it's shining in Hebron. Masya says, the whole eastern sky until Hebron. Rabbi Yehuda says, the entire sky, and everybody's going out to work. Okay, so all these opinions obviously are uh, necessary, one adding on to the other, and to be discussed. But says the Gemara, before we get into the discussion, um, if, if uh, people have already gone out to work, so it is, the, the, there's a lot of light that has already reached us. So why was that necessary to say? Liskar poilim ka'arinan, that what we're talking about is people who woke up very early at the beginning of the day to go get their daily laborers. And that was done, you know, for, that was done mamish. First thing in the morning, they go to the city and, and hire people out for the, uh, for the day. So we're not dealing with people who've already gone to work. That's correctly, you know, uh, that, that, that bothered us correctly because that's a little too late. We already knew it was time for the Kamala Tum by then. Over here, we're talking about those who go out to hire they taka went out first thing in the morning. Okay. Here we go. Amar of Safar of Safar says, Tzulu Seyda Avram, Miki Mashchere Kaisle. The Tfilah of Mincha. All right? The Tfilah of Mincha starts when the shadows start coming over the walls of one's home. That's the time for Mincha. Okay, once the sun starts moving to the western side of the sky, so now there's shadows. Okay. Omar of Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, Anan may Avram nekom v'negmar. Are you telling us that we're supposed to learn about the proper time for the afternoon from Avraham Avinu? Why? What was wrong with Avraham Avinu? Because Nekum v'Nigmar 
Avram Avinu, as we know, would, would do things as fast as possible. And therefore, he would do it mamish, like, you know, uh, you know, immediately as soon as it's possible. And we don't work like that. We don't work that. We don't hasten as fast as Avram Avinu did to perform the mitzvahs. Amar Rava, Rava says, yeah, maybe our Tana, Gomar me Avram, Maybe our Tanah Taka telling us that we should be like Avram. And this is a, fair, a very uh, uh, fascinating discussion. Because are we supposed to try to be like our Avos? To be our Avos? Or are we supposed to try to emulate our Avos? Okay? To use them as role models. To, but not mamish do what they did but to learn lessons from their life. To do a mitzvah, you don't need to do mamish what they did. Okay? And Rabbi Yosef saying, just because Avram Avinu did that means we should all be doing the same thing Avram did, that same thing. Amar Rabbi, Rabbi says, yeah, that's what the Tana holds. We're not going to follow that? The Tana, we go to the Brisa. On the eighth day, we give a entire day. It's fit to do a bris mila elosh as a year magdim la mitzvah, but better to do is reuse magdim, which is why a bris takes place in the morning. Shema v'yashim v'ram b'ba'ikir v'yachvayish. You see, Amravinu had a bris mila. Amravinu, I'm sorry, Amravinu had a mitzvah to do, and he woke up first thing in the morning to perform akedas yitzchak. Therefore, when you have a bris mila on the eighth day, you should do it as early as possible in the morning. You're not supposed to wait till later in the day. Why? It's reuse magdim. It could be done throughout the day, but the sooner the better. So Yumama Shi says, Rabba, we're supposed to do what Avram did. Allah rather Rabba says, Rabbi Yasef, Rabbi Yasef agrees with what I just said. But rather, here's what was really bothering Rabbi Yasef when he says, oh, we're supposed to be like Avram. This was his question. Ditna. We learned in a mission. Chal Shabbos. If every Pesach falls out on Shabbos. Okay, so the, again, the carbon Pesach is going to be shafted on Shabbos and eaten Matzah Shabbos. Nishchat be... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Their Pesach falls out on Friday. So the Pesach Seder falls out Friday night. So the Karban Atomish should be shechted six and a half hours into the day. Offered, it, it's shechted and then offered six and a half hours and offered seven and a half hours into the day. But according to what we just said, asks Rabbi Yosef, why are you waiting until six and a half hours to do the Shechita? Just wait till six hours and one minute, because that's when the shadows start. That's Rabbi Yosef's question. Okay, so Rabbi Yosef's not asking, oh, you want us to be like Avram? No. Rabbi Yosef's agreeing that we're supposed to do exactly what Avram Vino did. But, and, but because of that, he says to Rav Safra, the Tomid on Erev Pesach, Friday, should be done six hours and one minute. The shadows are starting. But we find you wait till six and a half. Why? So the Gemara says, my kasha. Okay? I'm going to give a few answers. My kasha. You can say there's no question. Maybe the Beis was different. It took longer for the shadows to come. Because they weren't exactly straight. Okay? They weren't exactly straight. Rashi explains that the bottom, the, the bottom of the walls of the Beis HaMikdash were wider than they were towards the top, okay? And um, therefore, the, um, the, because it was narrower towards the top, the shadows wouldn't start coming down on the walls because they were 
if you think about it, if you have a thin wall on top, here, I got this bottle here, I'm not drinking for breakfast, but yeah, it's narrower on top and wider on bottom, all right? So the sun's gonna keep shining down, but it's gonna take a little longer till it hits this part, because it, it comes out a little bit, right? And it gets wider, it takes a little longer for the shadow to start. And therefore, it's just a very practical answer. It took longer to start the Kavanah to know when the, because it took longer for the shadows to start to know that it was Taka afternoon. Inami, or you could say, shiny Avram. Avram was different in that he would know it to the minute. The it's Tag Ninos Avram was amazing, excellent. He was a, a uh, um, very knowledgeable in the movement of the earth and the sun and therefore he had the earliest time he knew mamish when chatzos was but for us we should wait an extra half hour just in case we're making a mistake we want to make sure the tummit is not shechted before the afternoon so you wait that extra half hour you know because we're, we're not as as um, as knowledgeable to the exact minute or you could say that Avram was Zakin, the Yoshev Biyashiva. Okay, that Avram was uh, very wise, the Yoshev Biyashiva. Now, the first two answers make a lot of sense to us. What was the question? The question was why was Avram Avinu so knowledgeable that he could do things right away? And we wait till six and a half. That was Rabbi Yosef's question. Why waiting six and a half hours for the Karma Tummy? So one answer we gave is just the reality of the walls of Esau make dash, they were narrower towards the top and took more time. The second answer is because we, you know, the, the Chachamim wants to make sure it was talk of the afternoon, sometimes we can make a mistake. Okay. Those two make sense. This third answer that Amin is different because he was a Zokin who sat and learned uh, and sat and, uh, who sat and learned in Yeshiva. What does, uh, how's that an answer? Okay. So the explanation here is, the Mepharshim explained, and we're, gonna, we're now going to go on a tangent with this, a beautiful tangent, but the Mepharshim explained that when a person is a zakein v'yoshev v'yeshiva, that means that he is going to be so careful to do the right thing. That as soon as he knows it's time, it's time. Doesn't need to wait for anything else. For a regular balabas, regular, regular people like us, who we're not as, we're not perfectionists in our performance of mitzvahs and making sure we're absolutely medactic, so we need to wait that extra allotted amount. We can't trust ourselves, so to speak, and the way that we perform the mitzvahs to ensure that when we do it, it's taka going to be to the utmost. Avram, who had, knew it was going to be to the utmost, once he knew, he could start right away. For us, we need kind of certain benchmarks to lead us along. Let's, let's uh, focus on this concept of Avram Avinu being a yoshe, a zakin v'yoshev b'yeshiva. The importance of learning in yeshiva, importance of being amongst Others learning together, learning Torah together, like we're doing right now on Daf Yomi. The Amr of Chama Baruch Hinnu, Chama Baruch Hinnu says, "Me meim shal v'sin leiporshish even me mayhem." 
from our Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Yeah? Like Parsha, Yeshiva, Mayhem. They always made sure to have Yeshivos to learn Torah. They always made sure. It says, go and gather together the elders of Yisrael. We're in the Midbar as well. Forty years in the Midbar. We have made sure there was a Yeshiva. Gather together 70 men from the elders of Yisrael. Whenever you have a gathering of sages, of elders, that's a Yeshiva. Okay? When people, that's all it means. A group of people sitting and studying Torah together. You have to make sure that we're part of this. Avram Avinu Zokin Yeshiv Yeshiva. Avram was sat and, and learned in Yeshiva. Avram Zokin Ba Bayamim. The word Zokin is Zesha Kanachachma. The person who acquired wisdom. Yitzchak Avinu Zokin Yeshiv Yeshiva. Avishem Avihi Ki Ki Zokin Yitzchak. Yaakov Yitzchak Zokin Yeshiv Yeshiva. Avihayosh Nemar Veinei Yisrael Kavdu Me Zokin. And Yisrael's eyes started to be dim. From Zaykin, from Zaykin literally means to, from being a Zaykin, but we know the word Zaykin comes again from Zeshekon, a person who acquired Torah. Eliezer Eved Avram Zaykin Yeshiva. Even Eliezer Avram being the servant, uh, sat and learned in Yeshiva, and it was a Zaykin. Shnemar v'yemar Avram el Avdei Zikan beisel Hamayisha b'chol Asher Lai. Avramavinu said to Eliezer, the Zikan beisel. He was again. Eliezer is called the Zaykin. And Amr of Allah, Shemaisho Bataris Rabbit. What does it mean he was a Zakim? What does it mean he acquired wisdom? He conquered the Torah of Avram Avinu. He sat and he studied. Who Damesek Eliezer? He was Eliezer from Damascus. That is a little translation, but the word Damesek is really an acronym. Amr of Allah, Shadailu Damesek is also that he drew and gave out the water, the Torah of his master, Avram Avinu. So again, we see from here the Importance of being Yoshev be Yeshiva uh, throughout our lives to always be around, uh, be, be around others that are learning with us and growing with us and, and studying with us. Amar Rab, Rab says, Ki Avram Avinu Avinu fulfilled the entire Torah. You hear this? Avram Avinu fulfilled the entire Torah. Because Broku says, Avram Avinu listen to all my voices, to, to my to my voice. Well, who says Hashem's voice? was all the mitzvahs that we have nowadays. Maybe it was the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nei Noach. Ve'ima Sheva Mitzvahs. Because at the time, there was only seven mitzvahs given to the world before Avram. Gemara says, well, it can't be the Sheva Mitzvah B'nei Noach because we know the eighth mitzvah is the mitzvah of Brismila. That was given to Avram. So it can't be Avram Avinu only kept seven. Ha'ika Nami Mila. So Gemara says, okay, you're right. Okay, so we still have our question. Had he know Avram Avinu kept all the mitzvahs, maybe he only kept eight. The first seven and Rasmila. The Imashava mitzvah Sumila. Amalai, so he says back to him, Im Kain, if so, U mitzvah Isai Visay Why would Hashem say that Amavinu kept uh, listened to my voice and li- and also kept and fulfilled mitzvah Isai, my commandments, Visay and my guidance and my laws. Okay? So um, Rav is learning out that Avinu actually kept all 613 mitzvahs. And we're going to focus on this now for, uh, for a little bit, okay? Just to, uh, we're going to get to uh, the two dots. Here we go. Omar Rava, Vitaim Ravashi. Rava says, some say it was Ravashi. Kiyam Avinu Avinu Eruv Eitav Avinu even fulfilled the mitzvah of Eruv Tav Shilin. All right? Now, Eruv Tav Shilin is a, uh, something that was done midrabanon, all right? 
So Armida didn't only keep the 613 mitzvahs, he even knew and kept the commandments that are midra bonum. Shinemar Sai Rasai, my Torah, my guidance. Achas Torah Shabaksav, Vachas Torah Shabapesa. Rasai is plural, my Torahs. All right? What's my Torahs? It refers both to the Torah Shabaksav and the Torah Shabal Peh. Beautiful. Period, two dots. Here we go. Masi bin Shmuel, Aimer Vachulu. Masi bin Shmuel says, Vahu Aimer Hain. Okay? Masi bin Shmuel says, you got you to talk about Chevron. It's a lit up till Chevron. Yeah? And they said, yeah. The one who went out, the, those who went out to see this light said that the day is taka lit up. Um, there's enough light reaching until Chavr. Says the Gemara. Man Marhain, who says yes? If you're going to tell us the people who are up on the, up on the roof, who call them Bahum Mephasher? Yeah, what does it mean? Uh, is he though, literally what this means is, is he dreaming and is he also interpreting the dream? Okay. In other words, he's saying, oh, uh, yeah, the sun is lit up. And he and, um, and he's asks, is it until Chevron? And he says, yes. So he's like basically like having a conversation with himself. So the Gemara says, no. Ella, hach, dekoi a'ara. Rather, or, or maybe he'll tell us that it's kahanim that are standing on the ground. Okay? The one standing on the ground says to the one who's up, oh, who's up on top of the roof, is a little Chevron. But Benayada, how is, uh, I'm sorry, the one on the roof asks the one down, is it lit so far? And he says, yes. How's the one on the ground see any better than the one upstairs? Yeah? Either you could say it's, it's referring to the Kayan on the ground, checking things out, or the Kayan on the roof. How so? So let's explain, and, and this will clarify what's going on over here. Either you could say that the one that we're referring to the Kayan who's up on the roof. And what's going on here? He was sent to the roof. And Omar Ihu, the one up on the roof says, Heyer Penei Kol HaMizrach. The entire eastern side of the sky, Heyer, has light. The Omar Lei Hacha Ara, and now the kind on the ground looks up at the one on the roof, and he says, Al Chevron, how light? Is it light enough until Chavron? Va'amar le'ihu, and the guy back up on the roof, the kind on the roof says, hey, yeah. So that's one approach to read this Mishnah sensibly. Okay? Vibay Yisema, another way that this Mishnah, another um, conversation the Mishnah may be referring to, is, ara. we wait for the kind on the ground, who doesn't have, you know, that, Upper the, the vision from high up. We wait for him to say, "Omar ihu heir pnei kol hamizrach." Okay. The Omar lei adshe b'chevron. He says to the guy up on the roof, "Hey, what do you see? I see it's light. Do you see that the whole eastern sky from up your vantage point? Do you see it's all lit up?" And the guy on the roof, the guy on the roof, has to respond, "Yeah." Until Chavram. Omar lay, and the one on the ground says, Hain, thank you. We have all the information that we need, and it's time to bring the Karbon Hatam. Period. Okay. So those are, are two ways to understand the conversation that the Mishnah was referring to. Two dots. The Mishnah says, 
Why did we need to send people out to the roof? Why do we have to send them outside to see the sun? Couldn't they know inside the Beis HaMikdash? Okay? And what was the Mishnah's answer? Because it happened one time, the moon came and uh, gave off a lot of light, and they thought it was morning, so we got to have people outside. Right? That was the Mishnah. Ask the Gemara, come on. Come on. Come on. Umi Mechalev. Seriously? Seriously? They thought the moon was given sunlight. Like, the moon doesn't give off light like the sun. The way that the, the light is given off from the sun and the moon are completely different. Okay? The Timur of the moon kind of uh, goes and gives off light. But it, uh, the, the light kind of comes from the moon like a makal, like a walking stick. Tamor Shalchama and the rays that come out of the sun, they constantly spread out to multiple different places. It shines all over the place. Okay? And therefore, it, it, the, the sun kind of completely takes over the moon's light. So how in the world would they get confused? Turn to be Rabbi Shmuel. So they learned to be Spanish. They taught in the Yeshiva of Rabbi Shmuel. Yaim hamu'unan haya. It was a cloudy day. Umafzia lekan ulekan. Okay? And on cloudy days, also, the light could be, uh, could be moved around. All right? And uh, you, you can't really see in between. Rashi says when you have, uh, when you have clouds, so you only get the light from in between the clouds. And therefore, you know, the, the light that was coming from the moon kind of was mistaken for the sun because we didn't have the complete picture. Omar of Papa, the Papa says, Shmami no, we learn from here. Yuma de'eva, a cloudy day, kule shimsha. You could, the, the sun light kind of gets uh, more spread out. Okay? Kind of gets more spread out because it has to... The sunlight has to kind of find its way through the clouds. Le my nafkamina, okay. What's a what's a nafkamina? Why do you got to tell this to me? The shatuche iris, when it comes to um, drying out oros, drying out hides, drying out skins, so you could be more liberal in where you lay out the skins because you have a greater chance. There's more opportunity. For sunlight to dry it out, inami, as opposed to when it's not when it's not cloudy, so you got to find the specific location where the rays are shining directly on. Inami grava made a drasha isha A person should not be tolosh. A woman should not knead dough in the sun or with warm water because we know that usually it takes 18 minutes for chametz to come about, but when there's heat, that speeds up the chametz, uh, that speeds up the, the, the ability for dough to, to leaven, to become chametz. And therefore, another nafkamina to know how exactly the sunlight is coming down and the impact the sun is having is on Pesach. If a woman's needing dough on Pesach, she has to know to be, uh, to be careful. If it's a cloudy day, she has to be more careful to not need dough outside because the sun, even if she, she thinks she's not directly under the sun, the rays may still very well be coming down 
and impacting her dough. Let's just end off the daf. All right, just uh, one more idea over here, and we'll pick up from the top word of tomorrow's daf tomorrow. Amr of Nachman of Nachman says, the heat of the sun is, uh, when it's cloudy is actually stronger than the heat of the sun when it's not cloudy. And the way to remember this is from a jug of vinegar. Okay? So when things are, are bottled up, the, uh, nothing escapes. So it's much stronger inside. Much stronger inside the jar. So the clouds kind of keep the strength of the sun. However, when there's a break, there's an opening in the, you know, when the cork pops out, and there's an opening, so now the, the, the koach of the vinegar could come out. And the, the effects of the sun are much stronger when it's cloudy. And the way to remember this as well is with dofa. What's dofa? So dofa, it, Rashi explains, is um, it's <laughs> picture uh, picture jumping into a swimming pool, right? If you if you go in like one finger, two fingers, three fingers, oh, it's freezing, yeah. So it's not going to be freezing on the rest of your body as well because you're going in limb by limb, piece by piece. If you just dunk your whole body in there. Then you get used to it, then within a few seconds, uh, Shalom al Yisrael, you're having a good time in the swimming pool. And therefore, you see that something that's, that's uh, dripping, you know, sometimes has a, a much stronger effect. Something that comes much slowly has a stronger effect on something else than something that comes out in one burst. I will hold it here for today. And Bez Hashem, pick up from the top of the Avchav Tes, Amud Aleph, tomorrow. We'll restart this this statement, but it's basically moving on to uh, some some uh, otherly mudim. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, let's see. Samuka this week is seven forty-five, I believe. So we'll be doing that at uh, six forty-five p.m. Monday through Thursday. Okay. All right. Zaygazunt, everybody.